This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Jason Shear and before I jump into everything, my daughter Brielle has asked me to summarize what she saw yesterday with Arizona women's basketball. Go ahead, Brielle. Um, this is to Kate Reese. They said that Kate Reese couldn't shoot, and then she shot three threes. And I said, when I figured that out, that she could actually shoot, and she didn't have anything that was wrong. I would like to give this shout-out to Kate Reese because she's really good at goals, bops, good ball. Pass it in to my dad. Thank you, Brielle. And uh, it's 9.06 when I'm recording this, so she's probably going to be, well, I guess I can't ground her because she's shouting out Kate Reese, but... Um, shout out to the women's basketball team for their big win over Oregon. And uh, it should be fun to watch them over the next few weeks and eventually make a, a run in the NCAA tournament. Um, moving on to, to kind of other things, you know, I could probably do a football podcast every week with, uh, with everything that's going on. But I think it makes sense to touch on basketball um, a little bit, uh, at least for this podcast. We haven't talked basketball for a while and, and just kind of where the team is at right now and i i will say that i did think going into the season there's six games things could you know turn out completely different um they could go on a winning streak they go on a losing streak finish 500 we don't know yet but with that being said I, i did think arizona would be a little better this season um but it, it it's difficult because i mean jamal baker was arguably their top scorer when he got injured if he wasn't he was at least a threat top two scorer, top three scorer on the roster. And what happened when he got hurt was the guard depth just went to heck. And Kirk Risa obviously has a bright future, but you're asking a lot from him um, for him to kind of just jump into things and be able to score and dominate a game, etc. And make no mistake about it, even though I'm not the biggest Jamal Baker fan, there were games where he absolutely took over. Um, the first game at Stanford, the, it comes to mind where in the second half he was dominant. Um, there's other games where he played really well, and, and he was the reason why Arizona was in games or won them. And so I think that we don't bring him up enough in terms of what he means to Arizona basketball this season, uh, what he meant to Arizona basketball this season in terms of their overall offense, and at the very least, um, their guard depth, which you know we, before Krissa was – was back and Baker got hurt, there was none. They had no guard depth. Um, overall, you look at the roster and it, it, it's it's interesting because Sean Miller's a defensive guy. If you would ask him if he'd rather have a dominant defensive team or a dominant offensive team, he would say he'd rather have a dominant defensive team. And I think that you know he's not the only coach in America that would say that. I think a lot of coaches in America would say that. Um, heck, he would probably lean towards even a balanced team. But this team isn't balanced at all. Uh, despite what people want to believe, this is one of the best offensive teams in the country. 
It's the best offensive team in the conference, which when you think about it is kind of wild because it's making basically no stops. It is half court sets. Um, Arizona can't get in transition because it's not making enough stops to get in transition. So in terms of the Sean Miller criticism, those criticizing Miller for the lack of ability to run a half court offense, um, it's kind of taken a hit this year. Um, Danny Peters has a large hand in the offense as well. Other coaches have stepped up and um, Sean Miller, obviously at the end of the day, it's, it's his team, but um, the offense has been fine. Sure. There's struggles. Utah, you know, comes to mind, but uh, you know, to me, your best offense a lot of times is defense in the sense that Arizona would love to get in transition. I mean, James Akinjo isn't going to win any shooting contest, but when he's taking the ball to the rim and he gets in transition, he's pretty darn good. Uh, one of the reasons why Arizona was able to mount a comeback, they fell short, obviously, but was able to mount a comeback against Colorado was Akinjo's ability to get to the rim. You can't do that when you're running a half-court set every single time down court. It's very difficult. Uh, you have to be a very good offensive team in order to score like that. And so Arizona not making any stops is actually hurting the offense despite the offense being ranked so highly this year. Um, and so to me, when I'm watching Arizona, I mean, you take a look at Colorado and all they seriously needed, like I tweeted, two stops, one stop, maybe like half a stop, like at least make them earn it. They couldn't do it. That's why they lost that game. You could point to the 19-2 to deficit, and it still falls in line. Yeah, Arizona should have had more than two points at that spot, but Colorado should have had less than 19. And when Arizona needed a stop, there's been a few games. Stanford, Colorado, um, there's going to be others in, You know, by the time this season ends when Arizona needs to make a stop, and they just can't do it. And that, to me, is why they're losing games. It feels like, and, and you could point to youth. I, I think youth has a, to do with it is, I've always said the difference between the good teams, the great teams, are the ones that make the plays. And Arizona, when it needs a big rebound, doesn't get it. When it needs a big stop, doesn't get it. When it needs to dive on the floor for a loose ball, doesn't do it. And those are the plays that differentiate the great teams from the good ones from the bad ones. Like You need to be able to make the winning plays. Like in football, you need to be able to get that extra yard in order to win a game. Basketball, it's the extra stop, rebound, you know, whatever it may be, draw a foul. In every sport, it's the, the little things. And Arizona this year, for whatever reason, you want to say it's coaching, youth, whatever it may be, guys just aren't good enough, whatever. It's not able to do the little things. And I think that's the biggest issue that Arizona has faced. And it goes back to defense. I think they're both related in that Arizona, when it needs a stop, just isn't able to get it. And it's not like, 10 stops like it's one it's literally one stop <laughs> it's like against Colorado you had the feeling hey man you make one stop you're gonna win this ball game and they just couldn't do it and yeah the foul at the end sucked but it shouldn't have come to that um, there was an error in my opinion with the substitutions with the four guards it makes no sense someone screwed up but you know it, it shouldn't have come to that you should have been able to make that one stop and Arizona just couldn't do it and it's frustrating to Sean Miller. It's clear, you know, he says they're a below average defensive team, and, and they are. And the offense has been an issue in a few games, but when you're looking towards this team and trying to figure out why it doesn't have more wins, it's hard to come back to the defense and hard not to come back to the defense. And I get all angles of people's analysis of it. There's the analysis of these guys are young. Um, some of them are just not that good. And, you know, 
Cabela's is young. He's not a great defender. Um, freshman, still learning the system, et cetera, whatever it may be. You have Jordan Brown, who's older, who should know the system, but he's just not a good defender. Um, I've asked people around the program. I've watched games, et cetera. He has major difficulty. You know, you go back and watch the Colorado game, for instance. There was a play where he sprinted at Jariah Horn, who did a spin move and had the layup right around him. There's no world where 6'10 Jordan Brown needs to be sprinting at 6'7 you know, Jariah Horn, and he's going to get beat every time. And Jordan Brown has the issue of not really understanding when to sprint out to a guy, when to stay in position, when to rotate to help. He's basically lost out there. And it's not as if Arizona's not working with him, but whatever they're doing clearly isn't working. And, you know, you can blame the coaching staff for not getting through to Brown. You can blame Brown for just simply not understanding it. I can tell you with certainty it's not for a lack of effort on either side. I mean, they're trying to get Jordan Brown to understand their defense, obviously. And Jordan Brown is a very good kid who is trying to understand their defense. For whatever reason, it's not working. James Akinjo, mediocre defensive guard. It starts with him at the point. He's had games where he's defended well. Um, He's defended McKinley Wright well for two games. And and Wright, in the second game, got most of his points out the wing. I mean, Akinjo, when he's up for it, defends. The problem with him is consistency. Terrell Brown Jr., just not a great defender. Dalen Terry, probably not strong enough. Benedict Mathurin, not a good defender at all. Might be one of the worst defenders. Okay, he is one of the worst defenders on the team. Ira Lee hasn't improved in four years. Um, he kind of is what he is coming out of high school. And and there you have it. I mean, maybe a guy like Daniel Baccio would have helped defensively. Probably not. Maybe would have added a little interior size. Uh, Christian Coloco. Um, solid defensively, struggles with the bigger guys like an Evan Batty type with more weight on him, but it's hard to keep him in because offensively he just isn't very good. Um, you know, for everything that we say about Jordan Brown defensively and being lost, if you watch Coloco, it's very similar on offense, and so it's hard to play him for extended periods of time, and you kind of have to pick your poison. And that's the biggest issue is that Arizona doesn't have that two-way player. And People keep saying and pointing to next year and saying, you know, where is this team going to prove? Well, your hope is a guy like Dalen Terry gets stronger. They really hammer home the defense. He has a year in experience. And I think it is asinine to believe that a team will not improve from one year to the next. Um, you know, it, it, you, you, can't, you, you can't make the argument that you don't want one and dones, but then you get players that aren't one and done. And you don't believe that they'll improve. It's kind of one or the other. You look around the country, you would be hard-pressed to find a well-coached team that doesn't improve. These guys will improve. Now, is Arizona going to become a top-10 team? I don't know. There's going to be changes in the offseason. I think some may surprise people um, for the good, for the bad. We'll see. It's up to, you know, it's your opinion. <laughs> but I do think that there are some decisions to be made by a few guys. And remember, guys like Ira Lee, um, you know, don't impact the roster. Um, Jamal Baker's been in college for a while. Terrell Brown Jr. has been in college for like 60 years. He's got to decide, look, do I want to go back to college, etc. Um, there's going to be movement this season. Um, you know, do I think Benedict Mathurin is ready for the NBA? Absolutely not. Do you have to be ready for the NBA to go? No. I mean, we've seen that with plenty of Arizona players, Kobe Simmons, Brandon Randolph, etc., Guys just aren't ready. I mean, Nico Mannion isn't ready. He probably should have came back. But, hey, I mean, you could go on and, and on. And, and that's kind of what, you know, guys do. You, you In this day and age, you don't have to be ready to go to the NBA. You just kind of go to the NBA. 
And so I don't, I don't want to look too far ahead to next season. Kind of want to focus on this season, but it is, it's frustrating because there, there is talent on this team. I, I am fully, I fully believe there's talent on this team, but I, it, it's not there yet. It doesn't make that winning play. And if you watch Arizona and you said, oh man, this team's just bad. It would almost be better than watching them and say, man, if they make one more stop, you know, they have three more wins. <laughs> like if they, you know, if they come out and defend decently against Stanford, they beat Stanford, you know, twice. If they, you know, don't get down 19 to two and make a stop at the end against Colorado, they beat Colorado. And all of a sudden you're looking at three wins, you know, we'll, we'll chuck up UCLA and USC just to bad losses, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to happen this week. They'll probably beat Oregon state and they'll probably lose to Oregon in a relatively close game where they can't get enough stops of a guy like, you know, Chris Duarte or, or if he comes back or Eric Williams or whatever it may be. And, um, that's the difference a lot of times between veteran players and young players and understanding and, and being good in a system and not being good in a system. And, um, it, it's just, you know, I don't buy the argument that Sean Miller's system is difficult to run. I think the biggest problem that they've had, and I don't necessarily think it's a problem this year, but I think the problem in the past few years is that they've gotten guys that haven't fit the system. And when Arizona's defense is, was at its best, it had that athletic Rondé, Aaron Gordon, those wings. And yeah, I realize those guys are elite defenders, but what I mean is those guys, similar to what Dalen Terry could be when he gets stronger, is those guys that can guard multiple positions. Like when Dalen Terry gets stronger, he should be able to guard the two, the three, and eventually even the four. And I think one of the issues is they don't have the guy, or haven't in the past, had that guy on the roster. And I think they're kind of moving forward in that direction. I mean, like Shane Dezoni, to me, could be that guy. Uh, Shane Noel to, could be that guy. KJ Simpson is that four-year point guard. And I know it sounds like I'm saying look ahead to next year. And yes, I do think Arizona's team will be better next year. But I think the biggest issue is that for a few years, for whatever reason it may be, Arizona went away from recruiting guys that they should have been recruiting. And that's not, I am 100% not of the belief that you stop recruiting five-star guys. You're not turning down five-star guys. But it is a matter of what type of five-star guy. Is it the Aaron Gordon, who may not be a big scorer, but is going to come in and defend his ass off and rebound and do what you need to do? Or is it the Kobe Simmons, who you're fighting with two weeks in the season because he doesn't have control of the team? And it is difficult to figure out, you know, what five-star you may want to get because they're all tempting. You know, you're going to want every five-star on the roster if you're a head coach, but that's that's when Sean Miller and other coaches even have been at their best, it is when they're able to figure out what type of five-star, what type of talent they need moving forward. And we might be having this conversation next year if Arizona is not able to keep some guys home, like if there's mass transfers. Now, I don't think there will be, and I don't think it's an issue right now, but you have to be able to have some continuity um, to the season. Like James Akinjo, in my opinion, he needs to come back next year. And, and right now, I'm just saying there's, I'm not you know, saying he's leaving. There's no indication that he's leaving. Um, Dale and Terry, uh, Benedict Mathurin, Jordan Brown, those guys need to come back. And even if Jordan Brown isn't great right now, look, nobody, there shouldn't be any complaints about Jordan Brown coming off the bench and playing 20, 25 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game. You know, it, it just, it shouldn't. Like, he's not a bad bench player. Is he a guy that should be playing 35 minutes a game? No, but there shouldn't be any complaints about him playing decent time. And, and the hope is he gets better and smarter um, defensively. And so, it's it's a frustrating team to watch, and I completely understand 
like every viewpoint on the message board. Like that's why I'm almost not arguing with people as much because I get where most people are uh, are coming from. Now, kind of switching gears a little bit, and I'm going to write an article on the on this in the next few days. Arizona has some questions because. Again, I don't want to make this about next season, but one of the big, the elephant in the room is indeed next season. And it goes beyond the court. And it's the fact that in a few months, Sean Miller is going to have one year on his contract. And um, again, I'm going to write an article, but we have sources that are telling us that he has not been approached about a new contract. And it is February 9th and his contract will enter the, the last year phase in a few months. And the problem is, uh, twofold. Uh, number one, it is difficult to imagine the board of regents going out and saying, sure, we'll agree to a three-year extension uh, before we know anything that's going on in the AIRP. All right. And so that's one difficulty. Like it's in, in and the board of regents usually is irrelevant, but with basketball and their feelings about Arizona basketball, which I think are well known and not as positive as others, etc. Um, it's going to be a tough sell to say, look, we need extension. Now, Arizona needs to, in my opinion, you know, crap or get off the pot, basically. And I, I've always been the opinion, Sean Miller, whoever it may be, you know, Tad Boyle, me, you, you cannot enter the last year of a coaching contract without an extension. Um, I'm not naming names, but I will say right now it is impacting Arizona's recruiting. I know of a handful of recruits that have literally gone to Arizona's coaches. I know of a couple of recruits that have gone to me and say, hey, what's going on with Sean Miller's contract? There's a reason why recruiting has gotten a little quiet, and it's not the FBI stuff. Arizona self-banned. They believe the self-banned will work. They believe that there's only going to be a one-year postponement. If anything, it should have helped Arizona's recruiting. The problem is people are saying, look, if I come here and I know I'm a two-year guy, is Sean Miller even going to be here? And Arizona isn't able to answer that question. And Dave Hickey isn't smart enough to answer that question or have an answer. And I'm not sure Dr. Robbins knows the answer either. And so that is literally the biggest issue is we sit here on the message boards and I'm sitting here on the podcast and I'm talking about next year. But to me, it is just, it is impossible to let Sean Miller enter next year as a lame duck coach. You either extend him, and I would two years is fine. Give him a two-year contract, put some stuff in there that's, you know, if if the A the IARP comes out and it's brutal, put some outs in there in the contract. You know, put some way out and say, look, if we're convicted of this and this, we're out. Contract's null and void. Um, or you you buy out his last year and you move on without him. And um, you know, that's Arizona's decision. I'm not gonna say what I would do one way or the other because it doesn't matter what I think, but um, Arizona has to make that choice. That is a choice that I don't think is avoidable. It would be an awful decision to let Sean Miller enter the last year of his contract and not extend him. And when I say extend him, I mean that this season has six games left. You better know what you're doing the week after the season ends. If you want to wait until after March Madness, that's fine. But at the end of the day, we're not going to know the answer to the IARP in March either. We may not know it for six months. And you're not making your decision six months from now because that doesn't do you any good. That's just stupid. And so you either got to extend them or you got to buy them out and get rid of them. And right now, there is no indication, and I'm confident in saying this, there is no indication among Arizona basketball or the Arizona administration of what's going on. I've asked people in the admin. 
I've asked people in the AD. I've asked people around the program. No one knows what's going on. It is February 9th, and no one has any idea what is going on with Sean Miller's contract. And there's no way the last six games mean anything. Um, you know, you stuck by him this long, winning or losing the last six games in a season with COVID in which you have a ban on the postseason. Um, it's it's meaningless. It, it just it does it's irrelevant to your overall belief. You need to look at the future and say to yourself, is Sean Miller a guy once we get through this? And if he is, you need to extend him. And if he's not, you buy him out and you move on now and get a head start on everything. And so that's something that I think we're eventually going to have to pay closer attention to. Um, to me, it's crazy that there hasn't been any discussions. But Dave Hickey has always told me that he doesn't do contract stuff during the season. Um, you know, like he technically didn't meet with someone until after the ASU game, even though he had already knew that he was firing someone before that game. And he may know what he's doing with Sean Miller and just hasn't told anyone. Um, is it smart? I don't know, because it's hurting recruiting. If it wasn't hurting recruiting, I would get it. If there were two years, three years left on Miller's contract, and we're talking about one of those extensions, you know, for public knowledge and, you know, to, to kind of impress people that we see so much with college football, like the extensions to you know, 2040 when even though there's a small buyout, yeah, I would get it. You don't have to do that. But it is 100% impacting Arizona recruiting. These kids are asking Sean Miller and the assistants, are you going to be here in two years? And there's no answers. And so one way or another, I think this administration needs to make an answer and figure out what it's going to be doing and do it sooner than later. It would be an awful decision for Sean Miller to enter the last year of a contract with no answer waiting for whatever may happen. You're, you're basically setting the program. The program has been set back a little bit, obviously, by the postseason ban. But by doing that, you're setting it back you know, an indefinite amount of time because kids are very, going to be hard-pressed to commit to a coach where they don't even know if he's going to be there when they sign. Like, it's just, it, it's, it is an awful situation for the state and the health of the program. One way or another, fire them, buy them out, extend them. Um, I think a decision has to be made which in, within the next few weeks, to be honest with you. But um, probably, you know, at the end of the season, approaching March Madness, is you got to have it by the time um, that approaches, in my opinion. Is it going to happen? I don't know. You guys know how I feel about the Arizona Athletic Department and how everything's run and the administration and all that. Um, so if you're asking me if I have confidence that the process will be handled correctly, the clear answer is no. Your answer should be no. It probably is no because everything that we've seen um, with how the administration, basketball, football, all that has been handled, um, there's very few compliments to be paid and, and kind of handed out. So uh, with that being said, Arizona plays Oregon State um, on Thursday, and I would expect Arizona to win. I'm going to try to get a podcast in between the Oregon State and Oregon game um, and, and kind of discuss that and, and hit on some other stuff. Uh, once again, I, I thank you for joining me. Feel free to ask any questions on the message board related to this um, podcast. I always like discussing with you guys. We may have a, a late night chat coming up here soon. Give it some good reviews on Apple Music and iTunes and all that. And uh, once again, I thank you for joining me. Shout out to Brielle Lena. Shout out to, to Kate Reese as well. Um, Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority. And this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.